my worst enemy The flesh that's covering me Brings me down to my knees Welcome to Sermons in the Park a ministry exploring biblical truth from the Word of God, focusing on the truths that help us in our daily walk with Christ in every aspect of our lives. Now, here is your Reverend, Jamie McCaskill. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Now, you might notice that this is not your typical YouTube video, and that's because uh, if you follow me on Facebook, you've already seen that unfortunately my job has me working all weekend this weekend so I'm recording a special episode for you tonight that will be available on Sunday morning now I'm kind of wanting to not record too many of the Genesis ones for situations like this so what I'm doing is I'm doing a special one for you right now that uh to just kind of cover that that will also be up on the podcast as well as on YouTube as usual um, so what I did is I, I thought about it and I was like so many of you really enjoy when I talk about uh, revelations um, because as you know growing up in the Pentecostal faith um, well I didn't grow up in the Pentecostal faith. I grew up in Church of God, but my grandmother was Pentecostal. So, you know, when I would attend uh, church there, uh, they would often talk about Revelation. And uh, I also studied Revelation really hard and uh, Daniel, because let's face it, guys, we're closer to the end times than we've ever been. But that's every day, right? We're all tomorrow. We'll be closer than we are today, and so on and so forth. You know, I like reading um, the books. Um, about Revelation. So, uh, so it's one that I study quite frequently, and because uh, I know a lot of you really enjoy when I talk about it. Uh, my stance on the Rapture is a little bit different because the way I look at it is like this: there's no definitive answer in the Bible. The verses that people will point to about the Rapture could mean anything, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that it will happen. And even if it does happen, does that mean it's going to happen before, during, or after, right? My fear, and I'm going to, do, I'm going to talk about this before we get started. My fear on people who believe in the, the rapture taking place before is this. The Antichrist is someone who will convince the entire world to love him. That will include you and me. He is someone who, when he comes on the scene, is going to be so well-spoken, he will convince even you to follow him, even me. I will want to love this person. God and Jesus and Daniel are not going to warn us of something that we are not going to see. And for those who believe in the pre, in the rapture taking place before the Antichrist, 
or they're not going to look for him when he shows up. They will follow him thinking, this can't be him because I'm still here. So when you when we get to these sections on the rapture, uh, what little I I have in this, you were gonna you're gonna notice what I what I what I'm gonna say is for those of who you who believe, because if you want to believe it, I'm not I, I'm not going to. Well, I, I I do ask you to reconsider, but I'm not going to argue that point because it is not important. Okay. It's not important. It's not as important as you 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 following Jesus, and getting good word. So now now getting that out of the way, I won't, let's start here now because when we look at the second coming of Jesus, what we see is that there are several earth-shaking events, right, that will happen before he comes back. We will not talk about the rapture, like I said, because I know that there are so many of you who believe one way or the other on that. But the second coming is a climax of what God is doing, right? When the world, or I should say with the world, to prepare it for the millennium, millennial kingdom. There are many, 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 many detailed prophecies that talk about that period. And I feel that an understanding will help us to to look at things happening in the world today. And brothers and sisters, there are many of them. And if, if we understand those prophecies and we look at these things, we will see that they are all shaping up and they're preparing the world for the events that, that we're going to discuss here today. Right? We have what, what, what many call the revival of the Roman Empire. When we look at the book of Daniel, we see four great empires mentioned uh, in chapter 7. The fourth one, you'll notice, is not named. Right? But when we read it, it's very easy for us to identify it with Rome. In chapter 7 of Daniel, we witness the prophets see these four great beasts. The first one is described as a lion, and that, of course, is Babylon. The second one we see is a bear, and that's the Medo-Persian Empire, what we often see called the Medes. The third one, of course, is the leopard. That is a, a representation of Alexander's empire. There's no need to guess on these, okay? Because we actually see Daniel name them when we go to chapter 8, verses 20 and 21. There we read this. The ram which thou sawest have two horns are the kings of the Media and Persian empire. The rough goat is the king of Grecia. And the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. The fourth beast that we see back in, in chapter 7 uh, comes, for, uh, comes after Greece. And like I said, we do not see him named. But we do see a description. Daniel chapter 7 verse 7. 
After this I saw in the night's vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Now, let me ask you this. Is it possible that this is speaking of the Roman Empire? And I say, sure. Look at Rome from God's point of view. Okay? You have the legionnaires. The legionnaires of Rome conquered one country after the next. After the next. Just kept on. And they would carry off all of the able-bodied men. And they would make them slaves. And they would do this. While they were doing this, they were enforcing rule. But the way they would do this is they would leave like groups of soldiers wherever they would in whatever country they, they, they took over. They literally, as the verse says, devoured its victims and trampled them underfoot. They did this to each one of the countries that they took over. And then, then when we look at Daniel's explanation for all of the four beasts and the ten kingdoms, we see him say this. Daniel chapter 7 verses 23 and 24. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down, and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And another shall, arise, shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and shall subdue three kings. Now, when we look at the prophecies of these, these four empires, what we can see is that all of these prophecies have come true. All of them except one. The Roman Empire never developed into a nation of ten kingdoms. And that has actually caused many people to believe that, that this is something that will happen in the future. When we look at the prophecies in the Old Testament, the ones that deal with the end of the age, we see that it jumps. It jumps from Jesus' first coming all the way to the second coming, it never mentions the present age. It is true. From the feet of the image in Daniel chapter 2. It's also true when we look at the prophecy of the fourth kingdom. Which, if it is Rome, seems to just have disappeared. But, when we look at the Bible... It will be revived in this ten-nation form some at some point before the second coming. Because we see it destroyed by Jesus when he comes down from heaven. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came from the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. 
and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. So, it should be clear that this form will appear at some point before Jesus comes back. Now, we're going to talk about the one that everyone always looks for, and that is the emergence of the Antichrist. You see, not only was Daniel revealing this, this empire of ten kingdoms, we see that he was told that there would be an eleventh horn. And this one, it t he tells us, will conquer all of them. That is in Daniel chapter 7, verse 8. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. This horn, this horn is obviously another king, and this one, as we're told, is distinct from the rest. Look at Daniel chapter 7 verse 24 where we get an explanation. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the rest, and he shall, he shall subdue three kings. And, as we see in the verse before that one, verse 23, it says, This man will conquer the entire world. He gains control of all ten kingdoms before let me get that let me get get that through to you he gains control of all ten kingdoms before he becomes a great dictator that's right we see another ver vision of the antichrist or the fourth beast if you will in revelations chapter 13 uh, verses 1 to 10 you see in verse 1 we see that the beast has ten horns and ten crowns. In this final empire, he gathers in all of the empires from before. The lion, the bear, the leopard, all of them. John tells us about this. Thir chapter uh, Revelation 13, 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. When we look at Daniel chapter 7 and we go all the way to Revelations chapter 13, we see that the Bible is talking about a future empire, one that will be the Roman Empire revived. The Roman Empire that was in existence during Jesus' first coming right we see the extent of this power when we read revelations 13 5 and 5 to 7 where it says and there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue 40 and 2 months and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against god to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. 
and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. So, according to Revelation, okay, the Antichrist, the beast, this world leader, the head of the one world government, he will be in command for, it says, 42 months. This period will be the last three, well, three and a half years before Jesus comes back. During that time, the world is going to experience, you know, unprecedented trouble. We see this also described when we look at Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. So we also see Jesus talk about this time. Uh, he's talking to his disciples in Matthew chapter 24, verse 21 and 22. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved for the elect's sake. Those days shall be shortened. He then, in Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 and 20, Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 to 30, Jesus tells his disciples that his second coming will bring this time of trouble close. He says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then, shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. You see, another thing that we see in this covenant that, that Israel will have with uh, the, the Antichrist, according to Daniel, Jesus will deal with the world of the Gentiles. Who, who we see, you know, pictured in this nation of ten kingdoms in a seven-year period that will lead to his second coming. This is part of that 490 years of God, you know, dealing with Israel. It will begin with the, uh, the restoration of Jerusalem in the year 444 B.C. Uh, we see that in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. By the way, this period, this 490 years, is divided into three periods. The first two, uh, they will be consecutive. Right? The last seven are separated from the first period by our present age when God calls out his church. If you're a believer in, you know, the pre-tribulation rapture, because if you do... It's believed that once the rapture occurs, that makes it possible for God to bring on the fulfillment of the last seven years, right? And they use some verses to, to explain that. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, 
he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and the determined shall be poured upon the desolate. What we can be sure of is this. The last seven years before Jesus's, before Jesus' second coming begins when this covenant is made. In this verse, we see these seven years are divided into two different periods. The first, of course, uh, the first three and a half years, uh, we see that covenant observed. And then the second, we see it broken which results in the sacrifices at the temple being stopped, right? That's what you, we just read. The ruler, the beast, he makes this covenant with Jerusalem. Now, I do not think, and, you know, I've had this argument with a few people, but I don't think that the Antichrist will know he is the Antichrist. You know, I... I think that you know he will just be a world a world a, a world ruler, but he does of course fulfill all of the predictions of being the Antichrist. Just look at some verses like we're not going to read them here, but you know like First John chapter two verse eighteen, First John chapter two verse twenty two, you know First John chapter four verse three, Second John chapter seven. That word antichrist, that, is, that can be anyone. Anyone who opposes Jesus. Anyone who claims that, he is a, that they are a substitute for Jesus. John tells us that he is coming. John, but, but John also tells us that there are many. He says it in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, the one I just told you to go look at. He says, little children... It is the last time, and as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are, they, are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. And then, another one I told you to go look at was 1 John chapter 2, verse 22. We see him define what an Antichrist is. He says, Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. And then he says this. He says that the Antichrist is someone who denies that God came in the flesh as Jesus. 1 John chapter 4, verse 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. This explanation is also over in Second in John chapter 7. We know that the Antichrist will do these things. We know that he will govern ten nations. We know that he, because of that, you know, being the governor of these ten nations, he goes and he becomes a dictator over the whole world. Why is he the Antichrist? Because he is against God. He feels that he is a substitute 
for Jesus. That is what that word anti means. We know that his kingdom of ten nations will emerge in a very, very short time period. He will arise by conquering three of the nations before he then takes over all ten of them. And when he does that, when he's got when he's the, when he is over these ten nations, he's going to make that seven-year covenant with Israel. Okay? And in the middle of that seven-year period, we see some changes take place. He he becomes dictator. Do you notice when you're reading, he doesn't become dictator through war. Okay? He, he becomes dictator through peace. And then, the second half of that seven years leads to the return of Jesus. If you've known me long enough, in person I mean, you'll know that I tend to, anytime it's got something to do with Russia, I watch it. And that's because there will be a war with Russia. The Bible mentions it. We see this strange war that's mentioned in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39. There it tells us that the great nation, that the, this great nation that's to the north of Israel, which I believe is a reference to, uh, to Russia, you can read about that if you want, because uh, I don't think, we're probably not going to touch on it too much today, but Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 15, Ezekiel chapter 38 verse 6, Ezekiel chapter 38 verse 15, Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 2. We see that Russia is joined by a number of nations in a, when you read it, a sneak attack on Israel. And, and during this attack, uh, it's, it's easy for them to, sneak, to do this sneak attack because Israel's at peace. You can see that by looking at Ezekiel chapter 38 verse 11. I've read many explanations, right, uh, for this prophecy. But I'm a strong believer that th what we're reading is a Soviet invasion. Uh, during that three and a half year period that leads up to the second coming. Because it corresponds to the time of peace, right? The time of peace that we see in Ezekiel chapter 38. Now, if you look over at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 3, I think you should go look there. But anyway, let me say this. This war is a disaster for Russia. Russia and her allies, it's just a disaster for them. When you look at Ezekiel chapter 39 verses 3 to 6 and verses 11 to 20. When you look, you'll see that they're annihilated. This destruction changes the world. It leads to a situation much like what we have now. Where Russia and her allies are opposed to the rest of the world. Russia is now, well, during, because of this, Russia will be out of the way. And because of that, this world leader is able to become dictator. There's no power that will be strong enough to be against him. And the empire will be born overnight. In Revelations, what we see is the, we see, we see the reaction from the rest of the world. Revelations chapter 13 verse 4, where the world asks, Who is the beast? Who can make war against him? 
And the answer is, of course, simple. It's no one. No one's going to be strong enough to deny him and his ten kingdoms. So he's made dictator of the whole world. And when this happens, when this happens, his new empire is now made true. He, he breaks that covenant with Israel. He starts persecuting them instead of protecting them like he promised. And then we see the final three and a half years. These final three and a half years are what's going to lead to the return of Jesus. And that, brothers and sisters, is going to be a time of trouble. Not only will this ruler claim to be ruler of, of, of everything. No. He's going to claim that he is God. You can see that when you look at Revelations chapter 13, verse 8. Now, I want to read something real quick. D Daniel chapter 11, verse 37. And when we read it, you'll, you'll notice that this ruler, it says... Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. And then in the next verse, chapter 38, we read that he will only worship the power to make war and, and gain victory. He will be engaged in warfare during this last three and a half years. Let's talk about this great tribulation, Armageddon. When we look at the breaking of that covenant, we know he will bring on persecutions. He will bring on judgments. All of this, he's going to bring it onto the world. We see it described in great detail in Revelations chapter 16, chapter 18. It'll include disasters from God. It will include persecutions on people who will not call him God, who will not worship him. When we look at Revelation chapter 6, we see John introduced to this, this, uh, this scroll. <coughs> and on this scroll, and I think some, some translations call it a book, but on this scroll we see seven seals. When the scroll is unrolled, each one of those seals is broken, each one signifying an event. Some of them are a great catastrophe. The first one is the world empire. We know this because of the bow. The bow that, he, that, 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 that he's carrying, it has no arrows, meaning there is no fight, right? And that's in Revelation chapter 6, verse 2. The second and third seal... Of course, these are warfare and starvation. Uh, these things, they're going to afflict many people. The fourth seal tells us a fourth of the population is destroyed. The fifth, the fifth seal, is when we see this leader having all of those who, who refuse to worship him put to death. Uh, we see them seen in heaven, you know, waiting for him to be judged. And then we see the sixth seal. The sixth seal, we see this great disturbance on earth. The sun gets dark. The moon is turned to blood. The stars fall to earth. A great earthquake. We see mountains and islands removed. That's all. You want to read all that? It's in Revelations chapter 6, verses 12 to 14. Then the seventh seal is opened. 
a new series starts. With that seventh seal opened, we see the trumpets begin, and each one of them signaling a judgment. Each one of them usually extending to a third of the earth, right? Revelations 9, uh, verses 7 to 12. One third of the earth's population is destroyed. Revelations 9, verse 15. And again, there's great disturbances in nature, and eventually a war. Again, after the seventh trumpet, we get a new series again. Just like before, we, you know, when we got the seventh seal, we got when it was open, we got the seven trumpets. The seventh trumpet is blown, we get the next series, which is the vials or bowls, depending on your translation. These are all filled with the wrath of God. And again, each one of them contains a judgment. They usually, when these are open, they they are the whole earth is uh, is is hit. The first of them brings on these painful sores that afflict everyone that worships the beast and the idol that he had set up in the temple. Revelations chapter 16 verses 1 to 2. The second one is poured on the sea and it kills all the living creatures that live in the sea. Revelations chapter 6 verse 3, we you know, and then we got the third the third vial. This one corrupts the springs of water turns all the springs to blood. That's Revelations chapter 16, verse 4. The fourth one disturbs the sun. It causes people to, to get scorched by the heat. Revelations chapter 16, verse 8. The fifth one plunges the earth into darkness. The heavens, you know, they don't give off light anymore. Revelation 16, 10. The sixth bowl dries up the, the Euphrates River. Which, by the way, is dry now. I just want to point that out. And this allows this great army from the east to enter into the Holy Land and join in the final great war. Now the final bowl, the final bowl gives us a, this great earthquake that destroys the cities of the world. It causes mountains and islands to just be wiped off the face of the earth. And apparently, because you know, it changes the entire look of the world. Revelation 16, verses 17 to 21. Now, during this three and a half year period, this the Great Tribulation, during all of this, God protects 144,000 Israelites, my Jehovah's Witness friends. That is 12,000 people for each of the tribes. That is your 144,000 people. That has nothing to do with Jehovah's Witnesses. Anyway, that's described over in Revelations chapter 7. Go read it. Anyway, these 144,000 will come out of the Great Tribulation unscathed. And they'll stand on Mount Zion at the end of the Great Tribulation. Revelations... 14.1. Now, by contrast, Revelations chapter 7, verses 9 to 17, gives us a picture. A great multitude in heaven, consisting of the people who, who, who were martyred because they refused to worship the beast. By putting all these disasters together what we can what we what we're introduced to is a world where most of the population has been destroyed prior to Jesus's second coming 
And many of those who, who turned to Jesus in that time were martyred. In the Great Tribulation, the final form of the Antichrist religion will consist of, let's face it, an atheistic worship of this, this world leader and a denial of Jesus. And so when Jesus comes back, he's going to judge the wickedness of the earth. He's going to rescue those who are still living in the earth, the ones who were saved, the ones who followed him, the ones who turned their back on sin. And he's going to bring them into the millennium kingdom. And he's going to bring judgment of physical death on, on the rest. You want some final verses for you to go look at. Um, and, and remember, guys, these will all be listed below the video. Uh, well, below where you're listening. Uh, the last few verses. Matthew chapter 24, verses 30 to 31. Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 45. So, I hope you found this uh, informative. I hope that... Um, this kind of suffices since we couldn't do, you know, the usual. And I didn't want to just throw out another Genesis one like this, you know. Um, the expository sermons should be more special than me sitting here on my couch talking into a microphone while wearing my jammies, okay? <laughs> so I want to thank you all for joining me here. Um, I hope that, like I said, I hope you enjoyed this one. I hope this, uh, informed you a little bit more. And besides, this is one that I had, you know, I haven't put, it's been a while since I put one dealing with revelations out on YouTube. Uh, so these, you know, and I, I've noticed these, uh, one-offs tend to draw people more to the channel. Um, so hopefully this will do that with this as well. If you haven't already, guys, if, if you've listened, if you made it to the end of this this uh, episode and you're listening on YouTube and you haven't already, I ask you to like, share, subscribe. It helps, guys. It really does. It helps to push this video in the algorithm. It gets more eyes here. And I'd like to get the subscriber count up. Um, make the channel a little bit better. I'm not trying to make money off YouTube or anything like that. Um, my, my, the, the ministry here is the ministry. That's all it is. I'm not trying to make money off of YouTube. I don't make any money off the ministry as it is. And I'm not looking to make money off ministry. I spend a lot of money <laughs> to do these, uh, your new computers. Every time one breaks the backdrops, this podcast recorder that I'm recording this on cost over $500. So yeah, just getting this to you is, uh, is why I do it. So thank you for joining me here. Again, please like, share, subscribe. Get this out to as many ears and many eyes as you can. Um, it's, it's, it's always awesome to... I, I like watching that, that counter go up. It's slow. But we're getting more subscribers. And I'd like to get even more. You know, um, so thank you all. I pray the Lord continues to bless and keep you, and I'll see you all soon. God bless you, and I love you.
You have been listening to Sermons in the Park with Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, BitChute, and Rumble. And as always, thank you for listening. I was born to be royal I was made to be free But I was torn from mankind When that devil